0: and welcome to our podcast, Get In The Mode, episode number 11. One of the industries that's been hit hard with this global pandemic is restaurants. TGIF is a restaurant chain we all know. Unfazed by the situation, they're investing in tech to personalize and go the extra mile on their customer experience. Our guest today is Sharif Mityas, the CIO and Chief Experience Officer at TGIF. We're super excited to have Sharif. Sharif, welcome to the show. Thank you
1: very much for having me.
0: Um, so Sharif, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, uh, You know, some of the leadership positions that you have had in the past.
1: Sure. Yeah, I've uh, had a little bit of a different background, uh, both on the consulting and industry side. So spent uh, a good number of years in my career uh, in consulting, uh, specifically in the retail consumer and hospitality industries, um, working with, you know, everyone from as big as Walmart to, uh, to smaller boutique and, and, uh, niche players, uh, on a global basis, uh, had the opportunity to, uh, to lead an organization a number of years ago, the, um, Hollywood video, uh, movie gallery chain here in the United States, uh, was their CEO for a couple of years and, uh, helped them as they were navigating those turbulent times of of competing not just with Blockbuster and other physical stores, but obviously this new entrant called Netflix uh, that uh, that was coming on the scene. And then uh, after a number of years, um, also went back into the hospitality industry and uh, started with uh, TGI Fridays a number of years ago as both their chief strategy officer, as well as their CIO. And then a couple of years ago, took on a new role, newly created role called the chief experience officer role. And really what that entails is really focusing on connecting the dots, right? Really looking at all the types of of activities and capabilities that are required to to ensure our guests have a great experience both inside and outside our restaurants. So not just strategy and technology and digital, but adding things like marketing and innovation and consumer insights to really understand that the customers, we have the journeys they're on and where and how do they think about a food and beverage occasion and how do we create really the brand from a global perspective being top of mind.
0: Right, um, And that's a role that's been that's been added to you more responsibilities in addition to the CIO role, um, am I understanding that correctly. yeah and it was really again because. If you think about how consumers interact
1: with brands today uh, they don't think about just interacting with the technology department or interacting with the marketing department right they interact with the brand and so if you can't organize yourselves internally and think about how the pieces connect your consumers will never get it and so we made the decision internally let's start thinking like our customers let's start thinking about how do we create end-to-end experiences for them And so we need individuals that are focused on really that end-to-end customer experience.
0: Beautiful. So at the time of this recording, we are going through a very challenging economic time, the global COVID-19 pandemic. Um, You know, tell us how it has affected. Obviously, the restaurant industry is the one that's affected probably the biggest, yeah. um as well as retail too, but I'd um, love to hear you the insider's point of view on this, like how it's affected uh, the restaurant industry.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I, you know, obviously uh, the restaurant industry hospitality has been one of the, the the hardest hit and and for you know the the tens of thousands of of individuals that have lost their paychecks, lost their jobs, it's 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 really a, a very, you know, difficult environment and you know the the tough thing is is people think about you know restaurants and you know think about for a lot of folks it's their home away from home right it's their favorite neighborhood restaurant it's their favorite neighborhood pub and and taking that away has really been a I think a a hit not just on the staff and the teams but also on just the general public right not being able to go out and so you're seeing two things really happening. You know, one is uh, an amazing outpouring. I think we're seeing of folks that are trying to keep their favorite local restaurants alive, and 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 we highly appreciate that. And I know my colleagues at other restaurants do as well. Um, but it's also spurred this opportunity, and I think that's what, the way people have to look at it. This opportunity to connect with consumers differently, right? And so, you know, you don't have to be sitting in my restaurant to enjoy my food. Right, I can put it in your car without touching you. Uh, I can deliver it to your home right. without touching, right? Uh, and even when you do come in and you sit outside you can look up at you can look up the menu on your phone, you can pay without pulling your credit card out and handing it to someone right on your phone. And so that acceleration of being able to digitally connect with consumers and, and really have a very different type of experience I think the pandemic has obviously, you know, shortened the life cycle of what that would have been from years into weeks. Uh, Right. Everyone is now more, not just more familiar, but more comfortable in terms of interacting with with brands, interacting with restaurants uh, when they don't have to touch anything. And in many cases, don't even have to leave their couch. Uh, And that I think is an opportunity that is accelerating for folks that are taking advantage of that, are gonna come out on the other side of this uh, in a much better position and a much better, op- with much better opportunity to capture even growing share and scale going forward.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and growth and scale now is almost like a digital play, even for restaurants. You're digitally connecting with your customers. And um, also, you're knowing your customer better, right? I mean, in a way, there are a lot of digital analytics. That you can pull from some of these interactions, um, so you know a lot of their pre- preferences. And as the experience officer, I'm sure you're thinking about customizing that uh, experience for your uh,
1: customers. Absolutely, and I think the the key term now that we like to use is you know it's it's personalized, right? right? Everything personalized. So we've gone away, and many brands, you know, you don't talk about targeting millennials anymore. You don't talk about targeting soccer moms from this zip code you talk about targeting mary yeah right and you know a lot about mary to your point because yep. you know what she orders you know when she orders you know given the size of her basket you know she's probably married with two kids right and so you have all these, these, these data elements that if you can put together you can be highly valuable back to mary when she's yep. thinking about a food and beverage occasion right you can fill her basket with what you know she's going to like. You can, you can text her 10 minutes before you know she's going to need dinner for her family. Right, right. Very specific message. Right. And so that kind of personalization, that kind of intimacy you can now have with your guests yeah. is uh, is really the lifeblood of what's going to allow brands to grow.
0: Yeah. You know, I was uh, joking with my friend the other day when we were using QR code scanners at restaurants and things like that. Now the wait staff maybe need to develop more skills not just order taking but more kind of you know talking to them you know the social skills right that's going to become very very important uh, for that staff
1: absolutely i mean when you think about the experience you have when you go to a restaurant or interact with a brand it's not just the food Right. right it's not just looking at menus it is that what we call that last mile for us the last mile is that interaction between a team member and a guest and you could do all the wonderful things in the world, and if that interaction doesn't go
0: well, you've lost that customer. Exactly, right? and the experience is bad. Yeah, food is yeah, part so you- of it, but more like the interaction between the staff and things like that. I, you, I, I, love how you said it's the last mile, right? Sometimes that's what differentiates brands, right? So, yeah. um, so that that's beautiful. Um, now, um, let's talk about TGIF in particular. Uh, You know, how, uh, as a a CIO slash experience officer, can you tell us some of the roadmap initiatives for the new year 21 going in? What do you guys have planned? Um, Can you share that with us? Are you liking the interview so far? We have many more of these in the Modestack YouTube channel. Experts share knowledge and exchange ideas on technology, leadership, digital products, and emerging tech. Innovation that is outcome driven for real business impact and ROI. Search for the ModeStack channel on YouTube and hit the subscribe button. Also, share with your friends and peers who you think may be great guests for our podcast.
1: Sure. Yeah. So we've, uh, we were in a fortunate position because the last number of years, we had put in a lot of these digital tools, right? We had put in a lot of these ways with interacting with our guests through their phones. Uh, through their laptops, even through their voice enabled devices, right? People could sit on their couch and order Friday's food from Amazon Alexa, right? So allowing all those channels to interact with us and to listen to guests when and where they are, Um, that will continue, right? So thinking about, again, other types of channels, thinking about when you're sitting in your car, a lot of people are hungry when they're driving. Can you talk to now OnStar? Can you talk to your cars, voice-enabled devices, and continue that interaction with our brand, right? Find, a, find the nearest restaurant, make a reservation, order food ahead, right? Those are the types of capabilities, again, in this new environment that are gonna become more and more important for our guests. Uh, but then I think it's really a lot of what we're focused on is really, to your point earlier, utilizing the data that we have and using it for the benefit of our guests. Right. So let's go back to Mary. If I know all these data points about Mary and I know that she normally orders because there's soccer practice on Tuesday nights and she doesn't have time to cook at home. She normally orders at six o'clock and she wants to pick up this food. If I send her a message at 555 p.m., five minutes before I think she's going to want to order and I fill her basket All she has to do when she gets the text message is basically put her thumb down and it's ready with what she wants for her and her family. That level of really insights and then capabilities to create an action on behalf of our guest is really where we're headed. And utilizing AI tools, machine learning, to be able to take all those millions of data elements and create a very specific timely message to Mary and doing that a million times every day, right? That, that's, that's, where, that's where you gotta be. And so that's where really a lot of our focus is, yeah. ensuring that we're now not just doing that digitally, but also to your point, thinking in the future, let's say you walk into a restaurant and let's say my host or hostess has on her or his Apple watch who you are because of the cell phone in your pocket when you walked in. And let's say that they can now greet you by name. Right. Welcome back, David. I know you like my ties, and I know it was your birthday last week. The first one's on me. Wow. Imagine what that experience is like. I'd love that. Right? Again, right? Imagine the personalization we've done and now make you feel like a VIP, make you feel special. You're not going to get that at any of the restaurant chain, right? Right. That's what we want to create. We want to create that level of intimacy, that personalization. That just wow factor that technology allows you to do right and do it at scale. That's really where we're headed.
0: Awesome. Um, now let's take a step back. Um, you know a lot of people will say, okay, how is this different from customer satisfaction? You know Tell us a little bit about the speciality of customer experience. Contrast that with customer satisfaction.
1: Yeah, to me, customer satisfaction is always a post metric, right? You went through the entire journey and now I'm like measuring how well did I do, right? And there's MPS scores and there's all these things that tell you customer sat and people measure that. And there's, I would say, loose connectivity between sales and revenue growth and true loyalty and customer satisfaction. It. customer experience to me is the journey it's the interactions you have and understanding how do you make a customer's life better easier more convenient uh more loyal from a connection perspective throughout the journey so we spend a lot of time understanding not just the endpoint, but the what we call the moments that matter within an experience right you might have 20 different interactions when you go out to eat at a restaurant. But when you tell someone, there might be two or three moments that mattered, things that gave you either a wow or a disappointing hit. If you can nail those moments that matter, that's managing the experience, not just satisfaction because it it becomes broader in our opinion in terms of the overall feeling that you had not just, yeah, my food was good, service was good, it's a good place, which is kind of what you get out of customer stat, right? I want, I, want, I want to know that someone had an experience that they're saying, gosh, did you know this message I got from Fridays? It was spot on, they know me, I'm, I'm relevant to right. them. Yeah. That to me is a, is a big difference
0: because you're managing the journey, not just an endpoint. And um, well said, like we talk about touch points, right, in customer journey mapping, you know, what's the interaction, what's the sentiment, what's the emotion in each of those touch points, um, which is what sort of like, you know, customer satisfaction, that is important, but that's kind of at the end, like the overall, uh, like NPS and things like that, right, so uh, well said. Um, Now, Digital tools that TGIF uses, I think you've already mentioned, you know, scan, you know, QR code and things like that. Is there anything new that's upcoming? You're, you talked a little bit about AI data. Um, tell us what else, where else do you see this all going?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, the table stakes right now are obviously having, you know, a stable digital platform, right? Being able to interact with people either on your mobile web or an app some type of interaction um, on their devices right and you know having the ability to pull up the menus pay without touching anything other than your own device those are table stakes right Right. everyone's i think what you're going to see going forward and what we're really focused on again is more of these data analytics and ai tools that really starts making the connection between what you have in terms of data and what you can use it for right Restauranters, retailers we swim in data right. right i have 50 million customers a year you can't imagine the amount of data i collect right but it's just it's just filling up data warehouses unless i have the tools that take it and do something with it that's actionable right, right? that's not actionable just takes up space and is expensive right so we've now really focused on, you know, what are these analytical tools? What are these AI tools that allows us to pull the right information together and create an action? And I think that's where you're going to see people have, not just ourselves, but others that are leading in this industry yep. that really think about data as a competitive weapon. Right, right, right. And, and because you're sitting on this gold mine yep. of really knowing the customers, and unless you can put it to use at scale,
0: it's worthless. Yeah. If you can, that's really where that the power gets unlocked. Totally. I and I see the whole like all industries um, moving in that direction, having a data strategy in place and becoming more data driven. Um, you know, we're we have a customer who's in the uh, commercial real estate, um, let you know mortgage brokering and things like that. And they are having this big digital transformation push that's more AI driven. And obviously, you know, you have to get the data first, you know, put the data foundation in place for you to be able to even have a meaningful learning, machine learning from it, right? So-
1: Absolutely right. I mean, we we had to start with the basics of, let's just make sure we have all the data, right? So i created the data lakes, make sure it's all there. Then you had to have another tool that connected them, right? Because as you guys know, there's the data can come in all different shapes and sizes, right? There's <laughs> different fields, different forms from forty different, you know, we wanted to connect Twitter to our POS, to guest relations data. I mean, there's all these different data lakes. right? And so putting them together and then connecting the dots. And then once now you have a consistent data set, yeah. then you have the layer on the AI tool That says, okay, now that I know these six things about Mary, here's what I think Mary should get to create an action. Yeah. Right. And so it's that layering of. But yeah, if you you don't have your data
0: right, it's garbage in, garbage out. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Data governance becomes a huge play in all of this. Right. Data architecture and things like that. Um, Now, tell us a little bit about the industry as a whole. You know, AI, machine learning, emerging tech. You know, where would you say restaurant industry and hospitality as a whole is in the tech adoption life cycle, right? I mean, we know that crossing the chasm adoption life cycle, where do you think it is in? It's very early.
1: I mean, okay. uh, restaurant space as a whole um, have always been kind of late adopters yep. from a tech, okay. very late. Yeah. Um, and and. and he, not even generous to say fast followers. I mean that late <laughs> adoption. And uh, and you know, a lot of folk, a lot of restaurants still have, you know, 20, 30 year old POS machines, right? right. And so it's really this, I think if anything good comes out of this pandemic for restaurants, yeah, showing the value and the power of earlier technology adoption. Yep. And and but I want to caveat that with restaurants are still a low margin business. So we're not the Googles and Facebooks of the world. We can't go spend hundreds of millions of dollars on tech. Right. right? So it's very important that everything has a use case, right? Look at what it's going to do from either a top line profitability, cost benefit perspective. And then does that technology meet those metrics? Will it help you get there faster, better, and make them smaller decisions around those technology investments. But I think what you're seeing now is restaurants. I mean, the fastest tech adoption I've ever seen over the last nine months for restaurants. Right. As right now. Right. I mean, everyone's now got digital contactless payments, everything right. They just rolled out all the tech uh, and now they're kind of they've caught up to the rest of the world. Um, the question is, I think it's triggered, though, because th- these were board-level decisions mm-hmm. at many organizations right. to spend money on technology during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's been the difference between survival yep. or death. Right. And so I think people now with technology having mm-hmm. really a board-level seat at this point, I think you're going to see more acceleration in technology adoption, more investment right. that's going to be put into organizations that that know they need to do this to survive and grow.
0: Yep, yep, yeah, totally. I mean, no longer has the CIO have to sell this to the CFO and the CEO, you you absolutely nailed it. Like having that boat seat, which now it's become vital um, to, be, to even stay competitive, right? Uh, not even lead it, I mean, let alone lead, uh, but yeah, right. totally right. Um, now let's talk a little bit about sort of restaurants that may not have that type of an investment infrastructure uh perhaps a multi-location restaurant here right um, what are some you know smaller investments they can potentially make like the SMB market
1: yeah i think you know for the, the smaller guys i think again it, there, there's a lot of all kind of off-the-shelf tools right you don't have to the, the expense comes when you have to start customizing as we all know, right?
0: Yes. There's a lot of off the
1: shelf tools in terms of there's folks that will give you a white label app and you can start digitally ordering. Right. And you just, it's not, it's not even any upfront. You just pay by the order. Right. It's, you know, 10, 15 cents, but those are sales you were never going to get. Right. Right. So taking off the shelf, basically white label apps, digital products, contactless payments, everyone's falling over themselves right now right. to give restaurants capabilities at no upfront cost and really just to pay for the drink um and to me if you don't have those you're not in the game you're you're just you're not going to survive right so my my suggestion is you know the olos of the world that do you know white label digital ordering platforms for restaurants um you know the lunch boxes of the world that help you know aggregate menus um and i think there's also you know, it's kind of technology kind of operations, but for restaurateurs that want to extend their brands or extend the utilization of their kitchens, you've all heard about this ghost kitchen virtual brand space, right? So getting into ghost kitchens, having other virtual brands utilize your kitchen, these are opportunities that technology allows you to pull off really easily, right? right? And, and additional brands to a Uber Eats or to a Grubhub just makes sense right now. Right? People are looking to those platforms for their food purchases be there. yep, yep. Right? you're not there, you're not getting sales True. and that doesn't cost you anything upfront, yeah right you just get out there and, and make it happen.
0: Yeah, well said. Uh, now let's talk a little bit about the CIO role of yours, right um, Gartner has said you know surveys, 60% of these transformation initiatives, Fail or don't see the ROI that was promised, right? Um, how do you think, as a CIO, you know, maybe let's talk about where do they go wrong? Wh- what tends to happen, and then maybe you can talk a little bit about how can we overcome some of those challenges?
1: Sure. Yeah, I think you know, in my experience the 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 biggest um, the biggest issue is not knowing what you're trying to solve for. And what I mean by that is, you know, you as a CIO, you get a you get a hundred things coming at you every day. Look at this shiny new ball. Right? Look at this shiny new ball. Everyone wants to sell you something cool, new, yep. that's gonna get lots of PR value because it's shiny and new, right? But it's a lot of what I call hammers looking for nails. Okay. Okay. If you don't have the issue. Why do I have this new hammer? Got it. <laughs> so start with, what are you trying to solve? Like what, where are the pain points in your own organization? Where, where do you try? Do you have a revenue problem? Do you have a channel problem? Do you have a cost problem? Like what, what are the issues that you're trying to solve as an organization and make sure everyone. And I say everyone, the C-suite and the board, because you can't do this by yourself as a right, CIO. Right. That's right. Right. sure you know, That cross-functionally everyone says yes. That's a nail. That's a problem. Right. Then you come with a hammer. People are bought in. Oh yeah, I can see that hammer is going to hit that nail. Right. And then at that point you have metrics because again, if you don't know what you're trying to solve for, how are you going to measure? Right. But if I know I know the issue, then I probably have metrics around. I want to go from a to B. If you can't measure it, it doesn't exist. Is my mantra to my team, right? If, if I, I don't, I, I enjoy your opinion, but I'm, I, I like facts, right? And facts, metrics, right? And so to me, the transformations that fail didn't have a, a, a problem that they were trying to solve, or it was so amorphous that there was like solving world peace, <laughs> right? It has to be very specific what the issue of the problem was, and then it has to be very specific. And I'm going to move this metric or these set of metrics from A to be and that's what I'm gonna that's how I know I'm successful and that's how I know I'm proving an ROI so that the next time I come to you for the next nail, right? I've built
0: credibility.
1: Right. 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 I've got credibility. So to me as a CIO, A, you gotta start with small nails. Build some small wins. Don't try to solve world peace on day one. Right. Right. Build credibility in your organization get a coalition of folks that understand what you're trying to do and that you have a common and shared vision of what the issue is and what success looks like. Right. Then actually the easy part is finding, going finding a technology solution that that can make that work because there's, there is lots out there. Uh, but unless you define very clearly and very concisely what you're trying to solve for, and then how do you measure success? Don't, don't jump to step three.
0: Right. Don't just yeah. try to find the, the ball. Yeah, if, if it's a screw, don't try to nail it in or hammer it in, you know, <laughs> you know, try to, you know, find a screwdriver, find the right tool to solve your problem, uh, identify the problem first. Beautiful. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, as you created this roadmap, you're going to go into 21 execution phase, sort of like you know, anticipation, right? You as a CIO experience officer, you're going to anticipate certain challenges that are are gonna come up. And you've all, you know, you've been with TGIF long enough to know the environment. What do you think in the first quarter speaking, what challenges you think you're going to anticipate?
1: I think there's gonna be a couple. Uh, I think one is there's still gonna be a lot of, I would say consumer uncertainty. Right. And so swings, I I can imagine that are still going to occur in the business right between this this time of the pandemic surge and vaccines. Right. You're going to have you're going to have this kind of interesting effects happening in the in the in the environment that obviously impacts what you can and can't accomplish as an organization. Right. Because you're going to have to maybe shift everyone's focus because we have revenue shortfalls happening because more states have locked down or more countries have locked down. So globally we're, we're in trouble here. So you have to kind of shift your focus quickly and you can't think about the 12 month technology roadmap for a while. So I think global uncertainty, consumer uncertainty is still gonna be evident in the first quarter. I also think the people side, there's a lot of uncertainty, right? I mean, our people have been fantastic, but there's still a lot of people still feeling, <clears throat> excuse me, uneasy. You know, and, and so I think there's going to be a lot of folks like, you know, my focus, what should I be doing? Making sure we've got the right team in place, making sure that they know what we're trying to accomplish. Um, you have to have the right team and the right mindset to ensure that you can execute, right? We can't do anything without the, the amazing men and women that we have on our team. And And so ensuring that as our job as leaders is to ensure people overly communicated to, making sure they understand what the purpose still is every single day, their role and how we're trying to make this happen together, I think is gonna be critically important for all leaders, uh, but specifically CIOs, because there's the, just the 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 technology resource pool, especially for specific areas is gonna become even hotter right? Everyone's hiring data scientists. Everyone's hiring people in AI and ML, right? If you lose key people, it really, it it makes an impact, right? You mean you're losing an arm off your body. And so really ensuring that you're really keeping the team tight and together, I think is going to be, there's uncertainty there. And I think it's going to require a lot of focus and attention going into next year.
0: Fantastic. Now, um, so for a CIO who may be building their customer experience capabilities, um, you know, some of them have already started, some of them kind of midway, you know, what is what is some advice you'd give uh, to someone who's perhaps starting maybe in the middle? Um, so two pronged questions. So if you can answer both. Sure.
1: I think, you know, for for folks that want to continue to expand, right, kind of from the CIO, traditional CIO role, CIO role to, to broader, to me, it's, it's really through an understanding of what the impact you can have is, right? And so I think a lot of CIOs, especially traditional CIOs that come from a very kind uh, of computer science or, you know, tech-driven field, think that this is my box, right? And if I had to operate in this box, then I'm good and this is my career. I think to start out, you've got to, you've got to blow up the, the walls of the box and you've got to think about it almost like a consumer, Right. So as a consumer, if I interact with my app, am I just worried about the tech and how it works? No. I worry about how it looks. Right. I worry about the flow. I worry then about how I interact when I go to the restaurant. And what it says on my screen is what I'm getting in my bag, right? And so as you start thinking about all the influence you can have as a CIO or as a tech, uh, technology leader, it will naturally have you start asking different questions. And those questions might be in the marketing department. They might be in the operations department. right? And so you go talk to people. That's yes. the best way to start. It is go talk to your colleagues, go talk to folks in the other functions and go, well, what if, or how does that work? Or could we, right? So ask the questions right, and build your own kind of your own internal knowledge base to start expanding what you think you can and should be helping with, right? Because if you start helping with other things beyond your traditional box, you start assuming more responsibility, right? Because you're getting your fingers into more and more things. And then as you start to grow that, you start helping make decisions. You start making recommendations. So now you're not just asking questions, But you're starting to say, well, let's try. How about we do, right? And that transition then when people start thinking of you differently is how you start growing beyond the traditional box and you can start taking on broader roles in the organization.
0: Awesome. So no longer is IT a chicken coop, business as usual, keep the lights on. But beyond that, right, cross-departmental, cross-organizational, on, you know, meeting those needs.
1: Well, well beyond that. And in fact, if the pandemic has taught CIOs nothing, it's people look to the CIOs to generate revenue this past year, right? <laughs> not to cut costs. That's right. right. I'm looking to you to generate revenue, not cut costs. And that is a mind shift all the way up to the board. Right. So you have this opportunity now as a CIO, don't squander it, right? <laughs> people are looking at you differently already. Right. Take that use it to your advantage to grow even further.
0: Fantastic. Now, um, tell us a little bit about some resources that you you find is your go-to, uh, perhaps events or you know podcasts or cha- YouTube channels. Can you share that?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, I think uh, as most of your audience, I mean, they they look at the the gardeners of the world and kind of you know the. Business Insiders, and there's lots of, you know, CIO organizations, Uh, CIO, you know, the CIO group uh, operates out of California, fantastic. Um, There's the Inspire CIO Network, which is kind of groups of CIOs in each of the major cities here in the U.S., Uh, fantastic organization. And I think at the end of the day, all those really lead to um, -to peer-to-peer engagement. Got it. Interventions, Right. And so especially for I think the interesting thing for me is when you get to some of those uh, groups that are geographically bundled. Right. So where I live in Dallas, there's a Dallas CIO Inspire CIO group. And what I love about that group um, and they're they're in all the major cities in the country. What I love about them is when I go to industry conferences, I interact with other restaurant CIOs. Right. Which is fantastic. Uh, And I learn a lot. And if I have a question, I'll call one of them to to, to answer my question. Very specific though, right? What I love about this group is I can talk to someone who's a CIO from a bank or a real estate company or a hospital. And it's interesting, even though we're in very different industries, some of the other issues that you have as a CIO, as a technology leader, are evident in all those industries and getting different perspectives to me makes you a better leader it, it's really it's shameful stealing but you want to steal the best from everyone you talk to
0: and you're also and, sharing too so don't feel bad yes <laughs> it's an exchange <laughs> of ideas
1: <laughs> it's an exchange um it's, it's that to me there's nothing that beats peer-to-peer um and, and really getting kind of what people who are sitting in your chair just at a different organization are going through day-to-day because um, as, as everyone knows it sits in the chair it can be lonely right because you you don't have a lot of you can't really go to the folks that report to you with some of these questions yeah um, and so having that that kind of great sympathetic sounding board in another organization that goes through what you're going through on a day-to-day basis is invaluable and To me that's that's where i get a lot of my support and information and and, uh and camaraderie
0: yeah sharif it's been a great um talk here i know we could go on for hours um all these topics are great i'd love to have you again um on another episode but uh thank you for uh being a guest on our podcast i really appreciate it
1: thanks for having me i enjoyed it thank you again